Hello and welcome to episode 105 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, and with me once again, I can say at this time, uh, Ricardo Benavides. Ricardo, thank you so much for for coming back to the show. Hey, it's good to be here in uh, the studio with you, Jeremy, uh, Dixon Studios here in (laughs) lovely Lacey, Washington. We finally got a little bit of rain. It was nice coming down. We say say it's the Live to Walk Again Studios on the the beautiful shores of Hicks Lake in Lacey, Washington. But yeah, that works too. Yeah, thank you for for filling in, man. I really appreciate it. You know, Brandon, uh, just to give everybody an update, he uh, donated his kidney yesterday, like we talked about on the last show. Uh, Everything went smoothly from from what I've heard. I've been texting with his wife. Um, She said that he had had a rough night, but he's doing well. And, and, uh, you know, everybody involved is is healthy and and, uh, recuperating. So love to see that. Um, you know, Brandon, uh, I'm, I'm just, I mean, that's a, that's a big, big thing. To yeah, that's do, a big man. deal. I mean, uh, you know, what's really rough is hanging out with all you do-gooders, you know, <laughs> so guys giving up kidneys and everything or trying to lose five pounds the hard way. Um, but, uh, no, that's great that Brandon did that for his friend. Uh, you know, even though uh, his friend stole a sandwich from him. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's the running joke is that, uh, is, yeah, our friend stole, uh, stole his his uh, sub sandwich when we were like 20 years old or something so uh brandon said you know gave you gave you my sub sandwich i might as well give you a kidney uh yeah so we got yeah yeah thank god they're both healthy and happy and and uh or i don't know how happy they are they're probably pissed because i don't know they're both in a lot of pain yeah. but you know it's good to, good to know that they made it through okay and you know brandon's kidneys on his way out to i think connecticut to go to go to somebody who needed it out there that you know, was able to, to find somebody to donate to our, our friends. So it's good, good to know, you know, that there's, yeah, there's, there's do-gooders out there that yeah. are, that are still around. Yep. So yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, program that kidney exchange they got going on there. Yeah. So. I was, you know, I've been thinking about just how that probably wasn't, yeah, they probably have the infrastructure to, to make something like that happen 20 years ago where it's like, you know, people on different sides of the country or even the world, you know, fine. If you have somebody that will donate a kidney, it was like, I, I used to always remember like, oh, you don't match their blood type. Sorry. You know, hearing things like that. And that's not really, not really a factor anymore. Yeah. You know, with the advancement in um, testing and DNA and what have you. Um, and then um, the fact that, uh, you know, the databases are now linked probably a lot better than they used to be. And the needs of people are out there, you know, getting out there, you know, via, um, the internet and so it probably helps a lot a lot of people in these uh, programs yeah absolutely um and, and you know yeah it's just it's it's so great that that this was able to happen and yeah i just get to you know our friend didn't have to go through uh, kidney dialysis which i heard is a pretty pretty terrible thing to to deal with and um yeah it's just it's good it's it's a good situation so yeah salute to brandon Appreciate you making the Live to Walk Again podcast look look that much better, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Anyway, so yeah, you know we're we have a great guest on today, Ricardo. I know I sent you the 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 file so you could listen to the interview ahead of time. Don't know why uh, I never do that with Brandon or why he never uh, never listens to the interviews ahead of time. But I appreciate your 
you're uh, listening oh, yeah, to it yeah. and yeah, checking no. it out. No, it was great. Uh, Lauren is a very inspirational young woman. Yeah. So, uh, I like her um, her phrase, move your mind. You know? yeah. And I think that applies to uh, disabled people as well as able-bodied people. I mean, I think it was a, a great interview with her. Right, right. Yeah, no, she's she's fantastic. It was it was a pleasure uh, getting to know her. She's uh, she's awesome. We talked for another like fifteen or twenty minutes after we stopped recording. So, um, yeah, she she's uh, she's an amazing young woman, and uh, I you know I ask everybody to go you know go check her out. We'll we'll have her social media links posted on on the website, and she's uh that that's and that's what kind of drew me to her was that I um, followed her on social media and ended up you know, seeing a, a post she made, she's just always like, she'll go out and have drinks with her friends and, you know, do all like, she's doesn't let, it doesn't seem like she lets anything get her down. And obviously, you know, social media life is not the same as reality. So, you know, I know people only post some of the good stuff, but you know, it's nice to see in this situation that, you know, people like, I mean, people still having a good time and that, that it's not, you know, not letting, this terrible injury, you know, completely shut your life off. Right, right. You know, um, one of the things that I see a lot of parallels between you and her is that, uh, you know, once you get injured, it's like, uh, well, yeah, this is a sucky thing, but I'm not going to let it stop me from living my life, you know, my best life, right? Right. And um, that's what's so inspirational about this. Um, you know, I've known you for a long time, you know, and uh, to hear uh, her story of how her uh, cheerleading accident led um, to uh, her being disabled and almost dying completely like you did. Uh, her injury is a little more severe than yours because she's on a ventilator. Um, and luckily she had some experimental uh, surgery that she yeah. was able to get in uh, China. Um, but, uh, you know, every little bit of uh, research and help, you know, that you can get and uh, the, with the stem cells like she had was uh, uh, you know, it's it's sad that we have that kind of that setback here in the United States that people don't uh, really understand <clears throat> where you get those stem cells from and how advantageous they can be for all kinds of uh, injuries, not only, um, you know, spinal cord injuries. Um, I know that around here locally we have on the radio people using stem cells to help uh, regenerate cartilage in their knees and shoulders and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, if we can get stem cells to do that we should be able to you know work on the more difficult things you know yeah and she's a great advocate for that yeah absolutely she does a lot of advocacy for for both uh you know cheerleading uh safety and then as, again for uh stem cell research which is you know just vital vitally important to, to people living with this injury and so many other things i mean that's yeah. really like the stem cells are like the the key to so many, so many locks that that are are, are un, un, we're unable to open at this time. Like yeah. I think that those can be the the real catalyst for for a lot of change and a lot of different injuries and, and conditions that that are pretty dire right now. So, right. Um, and, and you know, and not to get not to get political, but um, you know, it it's too bad that you know half of you know I, I don't want to say. I, that there's a political party that is pretty anti stem cells because they just look at it. Like you mentioned that there's, you know, people don't really know where they come from anymore. They don't know that you can get 
other kinds like it doesn't have to be just you know fetus derived or you know derived stem cells it, it they can take them from your own cells now and make the you know the pluripotent stem cells that are that are almost better for you i think than than those um the ones that come from like aborted fetuses or whatever but at the same time you know it's like so you know we have all of these fetuses that are going to be discarded you know disposed of when it's like well we could use them to try to better you know millions of people's lives yeah even the umbilical cord right the umbilical cord right from uh babies right so and you know one of the problems with that is that it's really time sensitive right they don't they don't last long um and so uh, you know just like with brandon's uh donation of his kidney um the internet and the advancements in databases and research team have made these things readily available it's just the like you said don't let's not get real political but it's it really is a political will to help people uh, do that and one of those things is that you know it's it uh, drives healthcare, the healthcare problem that we have in this country right right because uh, lauren had to go to china laura laura, laura excuse me yeah <laughs> laura had That's to go to china <laughs> and um yeah uh, to get uh, this uh, surgery that uh, um, helped her breathe off a ventilator, right? right. Not a hundred percent, but um, still was uh, some some aid to her. Yeah. And why we couldn't do that in the United States, I don't know. Um, so it, it's kind of sad, and, and and it was probably very expensive for family to take care of that need. Right. And um, you know, it's just another. You know, everything is a web of life. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and and you know she's a real advocate for cheerleader safety now because you know I'm sure when she was uh, what eighth ninth grade she was uh, when this injury happened 2003 I think uh, she said um, you know she was just having an ordinary day you know yeah. like thousands of other kids that go into gymnastics and tumbling and stuff like that there's a um, uh, everybody thinks it's kind of safe because there's pads on the floor or what have you and there's a young athletic people helping him out or coaches that have been doing it for a long time but there's an inherent risk in tumbling and, yeah. and those kind of things out there and, and uh, cheerleading is one of those uh, uh, activities that um, a lot of people don't realize how athletic it is you know yeah and uh, yeah so um, and we talked about that a little bit in, yeah. in the the interview that um, and we'll get to that in momentarily here but um, yeah, I saw a, a piece on, I think, Real Sports with Brian Gumble. I mentioned to her. And you don't even realize how many catastrophic injuries happen in, in in both probably gymnastics, but cheerleading specifically. And you wouldn't even think of that. It's like it's and it's so messed up. Like, you know, it's supposed to be like, oh, the pretty cheerleaders on the sideline, like just you know, you know, getting the team motivated or whatever, and not that, well, those girls like are doing crazy flips and catch each other and, and all these things that, and not even just girls, obviously there's, there's male cheerleaders as well. But, um, you know, that's kind of the stereotype is that it's, you know, pretty young girls are the cheerleaders. And, um, but yeah, you don't think about girls getting, getting spinal cord injuries from, from doing this. And Yeah. yeah, Yeah. And I want to dive in on the other side of the interview here. I want to dive in a little more on the, the ordinary day uh, topic that you just brought sure. up. Cause I think that's uh, that's really poignant when it comes to, to spinal cord injuries. So uh, yeah, let's get to uh, Laura Michelle Jackson and we will talk to you guys on the other side.
All right. Sounds good, Jeremy. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we're excited to visit with Laura Michelle Jackson. Uh, Laura is a disability advocate. Uh, she is Miss Wheelchair Michigan 2021, uh, a lover of life and a spinal cord injury survivor. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited. You know, I was, uh, I was kind of drawn to your, uh, your page. I, I've been following you on Facebook for a while and I just see you're like out, like you just live your life as if, you know, you're not like, there is no, no problem. Like you don't have a spinal cord injury. And I, and I really love that. Like people that are able to kind of put that aside, you're like out with your friends, like, you know, having drinks, doing, doing different cool stuff. And uh, it's just very refreshing to see. Absolutely. I feel like, um, and, and you can relate a lot of people when they go through a spinal cord injury, you kind of think your life is over. And as you progressed through this journey of what a spinal cord injury entails and it's just living life a little differently than you used to but um like there's such joy in life and and to still have it and experience it after a spinal cord injury is um it's possible and it's and it's there and and we're all living proof of that yeah absolutely Absolutely. Well, you know, with these interviews, I, I generally start out by, um, you know, for anybody that doesn't already know your story and, um, you know, how were you injured? Like, like when did that happen? And, and kind of go over, give us kind of a bird's eye view of what, what exactly happened. Yep. So um, when I was 14, I had been a cheerleader. I'm the youngest of uh, four girls. So I had three older sisters and two of them were cheerleaders and so was I. And so it was important part of our life as, you know, sports is to a lot of kids. Um, and mine was cheerleading. And so I was going into high school tryouts and I did a back, a back tuck. If you, no one knows what that is, it's a, um, it's like a flip backwards with no hands. And I actually fell on the top of my head and I instantly realized like, like instantly I stopped breathing. So I was mouthing to them, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Um, and so I was in the hospital for seven months at the Children's Mont Hospital until I got to come home. And um, luckily I just have such an amazing support system with my, my mom and dad and my sisters and just my community of friends and, and family. Oh, wow, that's, that's, uh, great that you you had you know a good support system there and yeah seven months I, I mean that's quite a quite a while to be in the hospital for as well um you know how much I know you're a pretty high level injury and you, you have a, a ventilator and stuff like that um and I kind of want to get in I, I read about you going to China for for a surgery or saw an interview with you about that I want to dig into that a little bit but you know how, how much um how much rehab did you go through after after your accident and um, stuff like you know and, and you know what was I guess what was that like going back to school as a, as an eighth grader or ninth grader um, after you know that's kind of like for most kids that's that's one of like the most difficult times of transition anyway um, you know and then dealing with a spinal cord injury on top of that um, yeah you know talk about that a little bit yep so. I missed the first semester of my ninth grade going into high school. Um, and luckily 
you know, I really didn't do much schooling in the hospital. I just was kind of doing a lot of physical therapy. And, and I think as we all know, like your body's trying to heal. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to um, be in the hospital and get sleep anyways, but then we get physical therapy, like, you know, a few, a few times a day and speech therapy I had. Um, so it was a process and obviously going back, I got home in December, um, right before we, and I, you know, stayed home until January until we picked back up and it was nerve wracking to, um, to go back and have people see me in my new body. But I also had like my sisters and my family, they were like, Laura, you're always who you are. Your body looks a little different. You're rolling around in a different body and you, you know, you have a few more tubes now, but you're still you. And so I was really blessed to have that mindset going in because sometimes I, maybe this is, you know, I was nervous, I was scared and I was all this, but if you had asked me and, and asked for people to be like, no, Laura's fine. She's great. Like I, maybe sometimes you do fake it till you make it until you really do feel confident and, and um, feel comfortable in your body after a spinal cord injury. But the more I put myself out there and I realized like, I don't need to hide myself even as much as I wanted to. Um, I was grateful for that mentality. And that's like kind of part of my Miss Wheelchair Michigan um, platform is move your mind. And that is life during any obstacle is difficult, but a spinal cord injury is shocking not just for the person going through it, but also the family members and their friends. And I realized some of my friends were not going to be able to handle me that way in my new body. And that's okay. That wasn't theirs to handle. Um, that was how they coped with it. And you move forward, you know? Um, and my with Move Your Mind, it's like, you got to stay positive, set some goals for yourself and try to your best to be your most, uh, your most authentic self and be fearlessly you. And that's hard. That's hard no matter whether you're a walker or not. And so after a spinal cord injury, it's like, okay, no, I know exactly who I am, but I'm gonna continue to be me and, and do it rolling around now, I guess. Uh, so that's a great message for sure. Uh, you know, so how long after, so you said you were in the hospital for seven months after your, your injury. Um, what, uh, how long after that, I guess, were you able to make this trip to China and, and talk about the, I guess you went there for a surgery. Um, talk about, about that, like, yeah, how long it was after and that, and how long you were there for and, and things like that. So I went to China and my injury was in 03. May and I went there in October, November of 04. Um, you had to have waited a, a year to have the surgery. And we met the doctor at, um, it's uh, the Rehab Institute of Michigan here in, in Michigan. And we gave him my information. He said, come to China. We said, I guess we'll see you there. Um, it was a really interesting we were there for a month and they injected stem cells above and below my injury. And um, I do believe that I gained, 
things back on the C, a level C1, C2. So prior to going there, I could not breathe off my vent for 30 seconds. And I start losing, I mean, I couldn't breathe at all. So um, I gained a little of the ability to breathe a little bit better and to move my neck and shoulders, which with spinal cord injuries, any any little bit you get back is such a, a leap. Um, it really did benefit my life and it was a crazy experience. Just it's a different, we were there for, for a month and there were people from all over the world with either spinal cord injuries or ALS. And um, it was a great experience and a sad experience because there was people that passed away there, but it was, I do believe that the people that were able to get benefits from it did. That, that's awesome. And, and is it still, are you still having positive effects from that? Um, all these years later, did it wear off over time or, or how, uh, how did that, how did that go? So I, I, it sounds weird, but I, I do believe that it gave me like drastic changes in just the, my muscles and stuff with atrophy. Um, and, and just the ability to move my neck and shoulders and breathe a little bit was so huge for me, but after maybe a year and a half, some of the things, you know, you I only got so much back. It wasn't like I continue it plateaued. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and is that so were they doing it with the hopes that it would just be able to to help you breathe easier or were they just hoping to get whatever benefit they could from the, the stem cells it really was what i think just any benefit that that it could um so i i mean there they were not even it wasn't even like it was kind of clinical trial-ish when I went there because they do not do the surgery anymore. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think a few years later. Now, was that something like your parents had to pay for out of pocket or was it covered by insurance at all? Or was it just an experimental thing that had to be paid for out of pocket? Yep. It was experimental and my parents paid for it themselves. Um, at the time, you know, my we had a really great support system that was able to fundraise for me. And, and um, you know, I feel really blessed that my parents were able to provide for me. And because spinal cord injuries aren't cheap, to put it lightly. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, yes, they did have to pay for it out of pocket and everyone there did. Um, and to be honest, my doctors here did not want me to go. They were like, you're gonna kill her over there and it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. And my dad just had faith and was like, no, we gotta do this. So that's great. I mean, that's that's an amazing support system for sure to be able to to go out and, and just kind of seek out any options that, that would help you. Uh, you know, I, I did read that you um, speak out quite a bit um, on cheerleading safety now after your injury. Uh, when did you start kind of getting involved in, you know, advocacy like that? And, and I also read that you do some uh, stem cell, uh, you're an advocate for stem cell research. So, you know, when did that, when did those things start and, and kind of talk about getting involved in those issues? So maybe about, 
I mean, honestly, I had been right after my injury had happened. Um, I, I, my sister, you know, continued to be on the cheer team and she was like the, just the level of unsafe practices that were still continuing, even after I broke my neck was appalling. And she was a senior in high school and she's like, I cannot sit by and like watch this happen and, and know like this happened to you and they, this could happen to someone else. And they, they aren't taking it seriously. And cheerleading, it's not considered a sport, first of all. And that's like the, one of the biggest issues is that there's no safety protocols because it's not considered a sport. When um, Penn and Teller actually did a, a, an amazing special on it about the force of how people are thrown up in the air, people doing tumbling and gymnastics. It's like they really should be wearing a helmet and, and pads and everything like football players do. And so, you know, you're throwing someone up 30 feet in the air on concrete or on wood, or we're all doing back tucks on, you know, and so the training and, and the protocols definitely need to change. And I think it's a step in the right direction, um, but it's still not a sport to this day. Yeah, and, and, and that, that's so crazy. I, I was going to say, I saw on, I want to say it was Real Sports with Bryant Gumble on HBO or something like that about um, some cheerleaders that had been seriously injured, um, you know, participating in, in cheerleading and how, yeah, it's like, I was shocked at that. I mean, you don't really think about, you know, you think of cheerleaders as kind of on the periphery of sports, not, you know, but they're, you know, you guys are freak athletes too and, and doing amazing things. And yeah, people, it's just crazy. I, I was shocked at how many, how many um, young ladies are injured, injured in, in cheerleading every year when I, I can't remember the, the exact uh, statistics now, but I, I was blown away. It's actually the, um, the, it has the, the highest rated catastrophic injuries of any sport. So like yeah, the football, basketball, baseball, it has the, the highest rate of catastrophic injuries and just, I'm pretty sure just injuries in general. There's, you know, you get a sprain or a this, that, and the other, they're like, well, you still tumble, you still, we're expecting you to push through it, which I think all sports are getting better about that as we know with football and CTE and everything that it's dangerous um, to have injuries and continue to push students and athletes past their limit of comfort and past their limit for safety. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, so when, you know, and, and what is, what's your work with um, stem cell research advocacy? I know obviously you went and had the, the procedure done. So, um, and, and I was going to ask you real quick, um, so are you, how long are you able to breathe on your own now without the ventilator um, versus, like, I know you said 30 seconds before and you couldn't breathe. Um, so wh where are you at now with that? It, it would be like 15, 20, 30 minutes. But if I, I know if I had to go longer, I could. It's a, it's a trade-off balance because the longer I go, the more exhausted I get because it's not really, I'm using different muscles to, to activate the breathing. It's called like frog breathing and you're only using the top of your lungs. Um, but I can go long enough. So if I'm with just me and someone in the car, they can pull off and I can take a few breaths, they can put it back on. So I'm so grateful for that. Um, 
I truly became an advocate for stem cell research, obviously, after I went to China and during that time, um, it was under the Bush administration, I believe, and they had limited the um, stem cell research in America. And I think it was very misunderstood at the time and it's still kind of misunderstood the difference between adult stem cells and just different embryonic stem cells, fetal stem cells. Um, and so I was, it was disheartening to find out that like, there's only so many stem cells that America was able to research. And so we were not progressing far at all. And so in 2007, so for my senior project, we had to write about a cause that is, you know, meaningful to us. And I wrote about stem cell research and we also had to volunteer and do volunteer hours. And so I um, found Michigan Citizens for Stem Cell Research. And this was an activist group trying to allow Michigan to have embryonic stem cell research. Um, and so I, that's when I really became full force advocate, um, you know, I, I went and spoke to different groups of people and was on the news and, and I would really, at the end of the day, I understood that it was about education. Like, if you still heard what I had to say and you didn't agree with it, that's fine. That's your, that's your opinion, that's your choice. Um, and so they were passing proposal two for stem cell research and it actually passed that year in 08. And so um, since then, they've done so many great things with um, what they've done with just being able to research stem, cell, stem cells in Michigan now. That, that's great. That's great that you were able to, to be such an integral part of that. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, have you had any other stem cell procedures since the original one in China there, um, you know, here back? back here in America or anywhere else for that matter? No, I have not. And I think, I mean, I think we all kind of, how I live my life is like, okay, I want to keep up on the new research and technology, but it's also waiting for the right one, but it's also enjoying the life that I live today. Cause there's, there's a, a fine line, I guess, with hope. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I have hope that um, that a cure for spinal cord injuries is out there, um, but it's also waiting for the right one, right. in my opinion. Um, and and everything with clinical trials and how they go about it. So I'm excited to see what they've been doing. And and um, like Mayo Clinic has been doing some really great things, and um, just all over the country, uh, the. The Reed Foundation has been doing some really cool things too. And so Mark County Foundation, they all are doing some great research. So I keep up on it, um, but I'm living my best life till the, till the cure comes. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. And then kind of one more thing I saw about your, your, uh, your advocacy work with, uh, with people living with disabilities was the, I guess the North Star Reach Camp. Um, and that seemed so cool, like uh, what they do and, and, and uh, you know, how, how, how did you get involved with that? Um, and, you know, just how, how, yeah, how did you start working with them? Yep. Okay. So um, it was, so after I broke my neck, they had told me about, it's a 
something called Vent Camp, and it was for kids on ventilators. Mind you, I had gone to camp my entire life. I'd gone to multiple camps the summer before I broke my neck. Like I was gone like a month and a half out of three months. I didn't have a problem going away. And I think when you have a spinal cord injury, you you rely on everyone. I mean, you're relying on strangers and nurses and your parents and your family and your friends and and um and you just have to have trust with that and so they were like you gotta go you gotta go and so after two years I was like I finally went I cried my parents cried I'm like I'm 15 crying going to camp this is like embarrassing and it was uh an amazing experience for me because it was like okay I can do this without my parents you know what I mean like I had a nurse there that I trusted and a friend there that I trusted and people surrounding me. And I knew how to self-advocate for what I needed during that week. Um, and so I knew that it was how much of a transformation it made in my life. And so years down the road, um, someone I actually worked with for the Michigan stem cells, um, she was a part of North Star Reach and just the initial fundraising and we with uh, you know the CEO he had a vision was a nurse he was a, a transplant nurse and had been to a transplant camp and he's like I want to take this land and, and make it into a fully accessible camp for kids with disabilities because the camp I went to was not handicap accessible it was like an old um like boy scout camp or something you know and so I was like, this is an, an amazing opportunity for so many kids. And so they raced. We all, you know, put it out there. And $26 million later, the camp was built. It's running. It's been running since 2017. And unfortunately, 20, and unfortunately, the last two years, they haven't been able to have it. But they have been doing virtual camp. And really, it's about the community. It's of, of campers and their families. I mean, just sharing information, sharing support, and sharing your experiences. I think um, it really is a transformational week for so many of these kids. I bet. I bet. That's it. That sounds amazing. And that's, I was going to, that was my next question was going to be, how has COVID affected the, the camp um, over the last couple of years? But you said so they had to completely cancel everything the last two years. Yeah. They do. They, I mean, they have been doing virtual camp where like the campers will get a box and they have Zooms with every, with all the other campers because they had been there before. And so they made informed friendships already and um, they missed each other. I bet, yeah. I mean, we all did during COVID, but um, this is a week that everyone looked forward to in the summer. And, and obviously you can't have a raging killer virus and kids with disabilities getting together so maybe yeah. crossed next year so yeah no that's understandable for sure that's uh that's too bad but yeah hopefully at least they were able to make the most of it and do the the virtual uh virtual connections with the kids so that's good um and then you know i wanted to find out about the miss wheelchair michigan uh contest and and how you got involved and and you know when you won and and how how that was yeah. so um Shelly Luce is um 
the state coordinator in Michigan, and she's also the president of Miss Wheelchair America. And she had messaged me for a few years and was like, I think you should run. You'd have a great time. And and to be honest, I was like, I'm not really a pageant type of gal. I mean, I do like to wear a tiara around. Not really. <laughs> I heard tiara, and I thought maybe I could do that. Um, but really what I loved about Miss Wheelchair America is it's not a beauty pageant. It's an advocacy pageant. It's what are you doing for your community? And I'm so glad I ran um, because I've met so many incredible women um, with disabilities across the whole country. Um, and, and with each injury, and we all have different causes that are close to our hearts. You know, mine's camp and, and my work matters. It's another cause close, you know, that that's important to me. And um, and so hearing what they all wanted, you know, to advocate for and what was important to them was just so incredible to hear, so inspiring for myself. And I think for each other, like, I feel like now we all have like a sisterhood of, of just like, strong, resilient women that are trying to make a positive change in our community. And um, it's just been such a, a wonderful experience. And I'm so excited for Miss California, who is now Miss Wheelchair America too. She's gonna do an amazing job. And, and I'm just looking forward to seeing how everyone um, uses their different platforms to you know, make a change in the world. Yeah, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. And so um, do you have like duties that you have to like, I mean, obviously, I guess with COVID, it probably like put a damper on, on a bit of that. But, um, you know, what what do you do? Like, yeah, what, what is your role, I guess, in the community as a whole um, when, when you do win uh, a statewide, uh, you know, advocacy award like that? A lot of uh, like for me is I've been going to schools and I love going to schools because um, I liked, you know, telling people about my platform and how, I mean, cause I think my platform kind of relates to everyone and, and just obstacles in life we all face. But I love going to speak with the kids because they are so intrigued about my injury and about how does your wheelchair work and how does this, I'm like, you know, I'm an upfront person. I'd rather have you much, I'd much rather have you come up and ask me and, and talk to me. And I think sometimes people are a little maybe afraid or intimidated or don't know what to say. And the truth is, is like, we're just us. We just come with the chair, more accessories, <laughs> you know, just a few more accessories. Um, so the duties for Miss Wheelchair Michigan really were just, um, going to events and making appearance and just um you know talking about our platforms and our different advocacy efforts and um and it's been such a uh, it's been so much fun i mean covid definitely i was like at a school maybe a week before covid you know shut it down and at the time i didn't really think um i don't think we all knew how serious it was going to get and so it was like everything shut down, but I was lucky that I could still do things, some, um, some events virtually and visit school still. So it was good. Yeah. And I was going to, I meant to ask you as well. Um, did you, so because of COVID, did they cancel 
the fall like so are you miss 2020 then or miss 2021 and is did they both. yeah that's what i was gonna, that's what i was wondering i thought that's how i read it so um yeah talk about that so they just canceled the the competition for 21 yes they um they actually yeah they did have to cancel it so i won this uh wheelchair michigan 2020 and then i got another year because of covid um actually all the women did so it was which i think was great because we none of us really got to live the full experience and um it's still kind of iffy just i mean getting a bunch of women together with you know disabilities and underlying conditions you know it's 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 very oh shit felt. um you know and, and scary you know so i'm glad that we all were able to get together virtually yeah yeah no that's uh, yeah and that's good i mean yeah like zoom like we're talking now on zoom like this has been a lifesaver i feel like for you know for people in, in our situation as well as like the general population during this thing but yeah it's been been a lifesaver for for me personally and and being able to connect with people so um that's definitely a, a good good situation um absolutely yeah yeah and so you know kind of uh, what, a couple last questions here, Laura. I just want to know. So, what you know? What are your? I guess. What are you looking forward to doing here in the in the the you know not too distant future? Like, what what are your plans uh, plans moving forward? You know, I am. Um, I miss wheelchair Michigan till the end of twenty twenty one. So I got a few more months of that, and so I know that. Um, I'll be doing a few more events and hopefully going to a few more schools. I just love visiting with the kids and stuff. But um, honestly, just there's so much change that needs to happen. Um, and, and it's picking the right causes. Um, we all have something that's important to our heart. And if we all are passionate about advocating for it and fighting for it, for change for all of us, we can make a huge difference. And so um, I'm looking forward to to doing more of that and uh, getting back to work and yeah. Um, yeah, so you spoke about talking to schools. Are schools going to be back in uh, you know full regular classes uh, in Michigan starting this this fall? Yes. Nice. Um, in Michigan, they are. Um, I don't know how much they're going to be allowing visitors, but um, yes. I'm hopeful. And I did go there in, in May. And so I just wore, I mean, I wore my mask and the kids wore their mask. And um, obviously we, we know that that's important and that it makes a huge difference. So um, I'm hopeful that, that just for the kids sake too, that they can go back and, um, and, and really get the school experience. It's not the same virtual, but virtual has, has done wonders for all, everyone connecting all over the world. And um, honestly, I think it's been, a step in the right direction for people with disabilities as well, because working from home for, for people with disabilities has been probably easier. And, and honestly, I like, I really enjoyed going to work when I worked. And so, um, but the fact that Zoom and all these, um, you know, and Google Meet and everything's an option now, is so amazing. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that with all this COVID stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Um, what, what, you know, what do you do for, for work? So um, in 
I, I like to say I retired in 2019 because mm-hmm. I was going to figure out what I was going to do. And then COVID happened. Yeah. Um, I got my MBA in 2014 and then I worked with um, marketing and customer relations for five, six years. And I realized I did not want to do that. And I think for me right now, what's really awesome is that I'm really able to spend more time um, like being uh, more involved with the nonprofits that I'm really, that like are really important to me and, and they need the help and I'm happy to help. So oh, that, that's amazing. That's a, amazing, Laura. Um, you know, I wanted to also, you know, before we let you go, um, what, how do people get in touch with you? Like, you know, give us your socials and, and things like that. So people can connect with you um, after they listen. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can connect with me. I'm a Laura Michelle um, on Facebook and I'm Laura Michelle underscore 713 on Instagram. Okay. I will. And I'll, can, I'll uh, tag those um, or, you know, attach them to the podcast when I post it as well. So people can, can uh, search you out and uh, <laughs> yeah, get, get to, you know, follow, follow along in your, in your journey hopefully donate to some of your causes things like that and uh we yeah. can yeah like it, it's great work what you're doing and and uh thank you again so much for for coming on the podcast yeah thank you and uh you know i'm i'm so grateful that you're doing this podcast just putting information out there about about i'm so sorry it's all um, it's all good I know how I'm it goes. Sorry for all the background noise. No, it's all good. I know how it goes. For sure. But yeah, we'll uh we'll definitely connect again soon. And uh yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yep, thank you so much. And look forward to keeping in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Laura. All right, have a good one. You too. Okay, that was Laura Michelle Jackson. I appreciate her coming on the show so much. Um, you know, it like what a like she's just inspirational yeah know? if that doesn't want to make you live your best life i mean a master's degree marketing <laughs> retired yeah <laughs> you know yeah and she's... sporting a tiara so yeah that's... yeah that's... <laughs> yeah oh that's funny man yeah i always have people send a couple of pictures over so i can post it with the with the live to walk again logo uh when i put it on social media and she's like you want tiara? you want one with the tiara or no tiara and i'm just like let's get one of both so yeah, yeah, I appreciate uh, I appreciate her her taking some time out of her day and, and being willing to be so open and and yeah, I really I love that she the you know we talked about it a little bit before the the uh, trip to China to go uh, do the stem cell procedure over there like that I mean that had to have been scary as hell a year after. Well, well she uh, touched on that right um, you know so she's a young lady right and. You're going through a lot of stuff at that age, right? And suddenly you have to trust everybody, right? right? I mean, you had to do it, right? A lot of people that become paralyzed or uh, need medical aid from other people, suddenly your life is turned upside down. And, you know, to give up that control to people, it can be fearful. You know, I mean, she talked about um, camp, right? Yeah. Um, So, I mean, what inner strength she has. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So an ordinary day of cheerleading practice, right? Like so many other things that people do every day that are just ordinary things, uh, can 
be tragedy, but she's turned this into something amazing. Right. Right. And yeah, and the, and that ordinary day perspective is, is big. I mean, cause you think about probably 99% of people, 95% of people that get injured, get a spinal cord injury like this. It was, they were just doing basic, like ordinary stuff, right? Like you fall off a ladder while you're cleaning the gutters or you, you know, like, uh, our, my guy Art Renowitzki got uh, shot. He was just out at like after you know he was in college, went out to a club, got robbed coming out of the club, like not doing anything that he probably didn't do, you know, a yeah, hundred exactly. times up to that point. And you know, and our family has um, also you know been impacted not only by you but you know um, Aunt Jody, you know um, yeah. our sister-in-law, um, you know had she survived that terrible car accident. And um, and her friend Liz, uh, they probably would have been uh, quadriplegics, right? Very much like Laura. Right. Um, but um, you know their injury was so severe it killed them. So. Yeah, um, and they were just doing. Like, they were they stopped. Were, they were moving. Yeah, they were. They're driving on the freeway. <laughs> yeah, and they, they were, were stopped. Yeah. yeah, they were stopped for an accident, and then uh, they were tragically hit from behind, and uh, that uh, that ended that. So, um, unfortunately, um, you know, one of the things that came out of that was uh, some of enforced uh, traffic safety laws and uh, Laura talks a lot about advocate for safety in all things and yeah. um, I think you know not that you got to live your life in fear because she doesn't she's fearless um, you know uh, she ch uses her mind like she says you know to move her mind to move forward I think uh, out of all these things it's important to uh, look for the silver lining and move forward yeah it's it's so true um, you know and I think about that a lot. Like, cause I, I, I always wake up really early in the morning and I kind of do, I don't know if it's like, I guess, I guess meditating on some level. I don't really know what label to put on it. But Mindfulness. Kind of, Mindfulness. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just, you know, I, I, I'll just lay in bed and think about, you know, like what the day is going to be like, what, you know, try to kind of manifest a positive day, try to, uh, and, and I don't even like using the word try because I've, I've heard over and over that the human brain doesn't understand the word try and it's either you're doing it or you're not. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I, I like to, yeah, I just like to kind of set my, yeah, set my goals for the day, you know, think, think about what I want to do uh, and, and just, you know, th think about what, what, you know, the podcast, what I can do to better that and uh, all just all these things. And it's, so it's like, if you're not using your mind to, you know, and there's so many distractions, you know, you TV and Netflix and YouTube and, and whatever else, radio, like whatever you want to want to do, you can find something to entertain yourself at all times. It's, it's that, you know, kind of setting your focus and, and making sure that you're, you know, yeah, using mindfulness is, is a huge huge uh t key to this thing i think oh yeah because you can yeah. be you know you can like there's dark moments in this in in this injury there's no doubt and they come every day probably i mean there's maybe there's a few days that they don't but you know those, it's just how you handle it and how you you know your mindset i think has a lot to do with that yeah you know um i think one of the things that uh, you, she laura didn't really talk a lot about it but she was talking about her experience in china and she mentioned als right and our family's also been impacted by LAS. Your grandmother had it. And um, so these injuries and these diseases that are out there, if there's anybody out there listening, you know, pick one. 
and donate a few bucks to it. You know, yeah. pick a cause because it makes a difference. Every dollar makes a difference to these people out there. Because if you live long enough, you're going to be impacted by this right. some way or another. You know, somebody you know, if not yourself, you know. And Absolutely. I think it's really important that people get involved, uh, you know, when you're young and you're healthy. Uh, you don't really think about it that much. But, you know, those single acts of kindness that you do with a donation of $5 that you would spend on your coffee, just give it out to an organization that could help you yeah. or somebody in your family. You know, that that kind of brings me back. I, I guess I didn't get to my point when I was bringing up the political party situation when it comes to stem cell research, how, you know, the Reagan family or the, Ronald Reagan and his, his uh, followers were against stem cell research until they th were like, oh, well, that can help with, with Alzheimer's and dementia, so maybe we can get him some stem cell procedures to, to you know help him live a better life as he's aging and and kind of losing his mind or you know dick cheney's against gay marriage until his daughter is an openly gay woman and things like that so i feel like a lot of people don't and, and i don't want to like just pick on the one side but i think a lot of people unless it affects you unless you know somebody with a spinal cord injury or a family member has a spinal cord injury, or you're directly affected yourself by a spinal cord injury. Maybe you feel one way, and then once it's affecting you directly, then you're like, okay, well, I'll, you know, it opens your eyes, I guess. And yeah. it's too bad that, they, that it takes some people to come to that point before they're willing to be open to it. But, you know, if that's, I guess, you know, how minds and hearts have to be changed, that's how they have to be changed for now. But, yeah, yeah. So. Um, I did want to, the one of the things I was looking for, um, a, an article that we could talk about regarding, regarding, you know, stem cell research, spinal cord injury research. I, I pretty much do that every week. And all of you listening know that, um, it's gotten a little bit fewer and, and a little longer between those because, you know, during COVID, obviously all the, the research is going towards, you know, treating this, this, uh, disease that, that has sprung up on us all but um you know the one thing that's been consistent so like i have a google alert set up for for both spinal cord injury research stem cell research all these different things and the one thing that's a constant in that will be uh market trends around uh the catheter market or around mobility devices market and it's like that i have no interest in that right like right, i don't right. i don't want to hear about that i want to hear about like what's happening like positively in this in this space and that's like the one like because so, you know some days there'll be 10 articles and it's never more than like two or three that might be about something regarding spinal cord injury research the rest of them are all market trends and you know blah 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 about how how to make more money off of the uh off of the disabled community, which just is is infuriating to me. So I just wanted to point that out. I don't know, I don't, I don't <laughs> well, know if I really have a point here, but well, no, no, no. I, I understand what you're saying. So um, you know, that's one of the things is is that uh, you know the demographics in the United States is changing. If anybody's paying any attention, right? Uh, people are getting older. There's less younger people, and so uh, that's probably why you're seeing a lot of those things. So I mean. Um, Heck, you know, I know people my age that are wearing Depends, right? <laughs> Who would have thought, you huh. know? So, yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of that uh, type of uh, 
trying to make money off of uh, people that are getting older or have a disability. And I can see why you would get those things because tangentially related to spinal cord injuries, right. you know, so. And uh, yeah, and you know, that, that made me think uh, also about uh, Eric Kondo that I had on last week. I don't know if you got to listen to that interview or not, but he uh, does the wheelchair boarding um, where he basically connects a, a brackets that his wheel he has a manual wheelchair that he can hook on to like a, a longboard skateboard or a snowboard or all these different things and then be able to maneuver that himself you know and and actually have a good time and have fun but his one thing is like i want i don't want somebody to have to pay a thousand dollars for a wheelchair long longboard that can be used with a wheelchair i want you to be able to go buy a hundred dollar longboard that anybody else can buy off of Amazon and then just buy these two brackets for, you know, $10 and do it all yourself or have somebody help you and, and get that done instead of you know, jacking the price. Cause like, that's the thing in the, in the medical, anything medically necessary is automatically going to be like a probably 1500% markup on, oh, yeah. on anything. So yeah. 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 You yeah. know, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's irritating, man. But I mean, it's I've been in fit at this for what twenty three years now, so it's uh, it's getting you know I guess you just got to get used to it. But it is what it is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. I, I appreciate you coming down again, Ricardo. This was uh, it's always a great time, man. Getting to getting to see you and and visit for a while and. And, uh, you know, Brandon's doing well, but uh, he's probably still going to be out another week or two. So we uh, we sent him all of our, our best. And I'm hoping you're going to be back on a couple more times. Sure. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, thoughts and prayers for Brandon and his son. So. Yeah. 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 Ryder's doing much better. So and same to to our friend that we're not we're not saying his name, but yeah. uh, I know he's doing well. Uh, I, got, I saw a picture of him last night and he, he was giving a thumbs up. So I told him he was going to sleep well, man. They're probably going to have him on that Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson cocktail for sleep last night. So. Yeah, I was oh, watching some uh, Me TV the other night and saw an old uh, McDonald's hamburger uh, commercial. I think <laughs> yeah. that's him, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, all right. Until next week. Thanks again to uh, to Laura for for taking some time out, and uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. All right. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks.